All right, everybody, welcome to Saturday Night Rewind. I am here with Randall McDonald. And I am here with Brian Paradise. And you know what? Uh, Saying that we're here together is a bit of a stretch. So this is our first recording in which we were doing it uh, via Zoom. Uh, Randall is a hotshot actor and he had a shoot up in Phoenix and wasn't able to uh, come over to the pod patio. So we are doing this via Zoom. Hopefully it sounds okay. Please let us know in uh, via email or on Twitter if you uh, prefer us meeting in person. But uh, we are here to talk about episode eight of season 46 with uh, Timothy Chalamet, uh, which was on Saturday. So Randall, what did you think of this one? Uh, I thought it was great. I I think Timothy Chalamet, I didn't really know that he had such a good like personality to show. You know, I think he had a lot of fun and and he just seemed to get the form, which I was kind of surprised at. Yeah, he seemed to be uh, excited about being there. I liked... Um, the element of his monologue in which he talked about kind of his family's experience with the show, which we'll talk about uh, in a bit. This one really, we talked about this a little bit last week where now that we're in these kind of post-election, post-ringer kind of episodes, that the new cast members are really getting a moment to start getting some stage time. And I really noticed that this episode that Lauren and Andy, uh, Andrew Dismukes and Punky were in sketches, in prominent roles, which is a big departure from what we've seen over the last, or the, the previous six, seven episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're finally getting to see what these cast members can do. What are their strengths? Yeah, I think so. And I think we should kind of just get into the episode. But yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, I am clearly not in the target demo for Timothy Chalamet. I mm-hmm. was... L- my wife and I were watching the episode and she's like, what is he from? I was like, a bunch of stuff we haven't seen. <laughs> like there is not a single element of his filmography that we have seen, which is mostly our fault. Like we should have already seen Lady Bird. We should have already seen Little Women, but yeah. that has not happened. So I just know him as this guy that is uh, is a rising star. Yeah. What did, what did you think about him specifically? Did you think? He was okay. He, he was okay. Yeah. Well, I think that he was in almost every sketch and he seemed game, but he seemed like somebody they were um, writing around almost that there wasn't like, Oh man, good thing they had Timothy Chalamet for this episode. He, so he could do this. Yeah. He was not the driver really of any of the sketches that he was in. Yeah. 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 I could see that. I, I think he played a lot of, characters and he seemed really excited to to be there and be involved but yeah i see he wasn't really oh, the driver for sure character. i think when you're a strong actor you can be a good kind of presence on saturday night live so i think yeah the ones where he was in a character and doing something interesting i think is where he shined more but it also didn't feel like if you took another handsome young actor and swapped him out i don't think we'd gain or lose anything right yeah i agree with that I like agree with that too. I, I was going to make an example but then all i could think of is other guys that i think i would prefer to to have be there <laughs> that are in <laughs> that target uh area i was thinking of uh the guy from uh baby driver 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ansel something. Yeah, Ansel Elgort. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah. we could just swap them out. But like, oh no, Ansel Elgort is like this really talented dancer. They probably yeah, would have done something with that. Yeah, he would have done a lot better. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Cold Open is with uh, the Walt Blitzer kind of sit room. We have uh, Kate is Fauci. This is the first appearance of Fauci on the show since we've had Brad Pitt do it mm. in uh, the spring during the, right. the kind of SNL from home episodes. Uh, Heidi as Burks and then uh, Beck reprising his role, role as Wolf Blitzer. This one was interesting. It didn't go very many places. It was basically like, we like Anthony Fauci and Dr. Burks is an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit, it felt bland. Uh, this, this sketch felt bland. It felt like, uh, yeah, they ran out of jokes or they ran out of punching up the sketch or something they didn't really try too hard <laughs> no like it it didn't really go anywhere there's some like decent one-liners i you know the the joke of the sketch is that people like anthony fauci and they think dr burks is a fool but she doesn't really know that um yeah but i like i don't think it really did much of anything i was trying to write down um some jokes they made they were talking about the different methods of which they would distribute the vaccine. And they were trying to like make regional jokes, like um, talking about uh, different Southern states would get the vaccine in different ways based on like barbecue sauce preferences. Like this one is with vinegar and this one has right. olives. Um, and then, you know, there was the kind of two recurring things of the, the bra being thrown at Fauci, but which they didn't felt- really do anything. I was, I was expecting like, okay, you do it once cool and then may wouldn't it make sense to escalate that into like some like pretty lady kind of coming on stage or something like that to just show that he's like a like a sex symbol like that's what i was expecting but instead we just like threw two bras yeah yeah i was yeah like or like his underwear they're wearing it as a mask or something like yeah but also who's throwing the masks because that was I was like, this is the most awkward interaction with bra throws I've ever seen. Yeah, because then poor Kate didn't seem to know what to do with the second one. Yeah. Like, yeah, it felt awkward. Yeah, which is surprising. Um, and th- like she had some decent lines as uh, Fauci. But again, it's hard to like the joke, I guess, of the sketch is on Heidi's character, but she's playing that so understated that Brooks isn't really doing anything either. Well, maybe that was the problem with this sketch is all three characters that are in this sketch are straight men. I mean, all three of them are like pretty mellow people. And so you have a whole sketch with them and they can't really play off of each other. Yeah, I think you've hit it. I think that's what, what it was, is that like the idea is fine, yeah. But you have a, a staid older man, a staid woman, and Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> and there's only so much you can do with the writing when the performance is so, uh, yeah, for lack of a better, better word, bland. Yeah. Yeah. So very bland. At least it was short. Yeah. It was only like five minutes, 30 seconds or something. Plenty. It, it felt yeah. longer than that. Uh, so then we got Timothy Chalamet's monologue. Uh, this is our first instance of the season of a cast member joining the host on stage. Yeah. And it was a little bit unnecessary. <laughs> it was completely unnecessary. So uh, Timothy Chalamet, uh, as we've already talked about, is from a bunch of movies I haven't seen. The kids like him. Uh, yeah. He kind of talked about being 
uh, New Yorker. They had this great anecdote of his mom being an occasional background performer on SNL, including uh, all-timer, massive head wound Harry, uh, yeah. which is a great sketch. Um, I, when my freshman year of high school, I uh, split my head open on a door frame in uh, at the at school, and uh, that's what my drama teacher called me for a while. Oh so, my god! You know, um, yeah, and yeah. So then, kind of talking about being from New York, and then he goes to the piano, and because I know nothing about this person, I was like, "Oh, does he play the piano?" It's like, no, he's just sitting while somebody else plays the piano. Yeah, and talks about New York in. Uh, Hell's Kitchen, which like some nice kind of observations. I like the yeah. he had his first ki kiss with Mr. Met's daughter. Yeah, there was some nice uh, one-liners in there. Yeah, it felt like the transition was a little awkward getting to the piano too. Like he looked off stage. Yeah, and I, I think, think he, he thought it was going to come a little sooner, and then you kind of yeah. saw it move on stage. Yeah, it was a it was. Maybe just like the whole first half of this episode, there's some awkward transitions. Yeah. So I don't know if specifically if that's like a direction issue or he was nervous or whatever. Um, and then they kind of make some one-liners about being a kid in New York. And then they bring on uh, Pete to do similar things about uh, Staten Island. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I liked that his line where here in Stat Staten Island, we would leave uh, Santa a Bud Light and a white claw. So that was a, a nice cultural touch. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of set the, I think the stage for this episode where Pete was on a lot. It seemed like Timothy felt very comfortable with him. Yeah. And I didn't know that, that if they were friends before, or maybe this sparked a friendship that we're going to see more of them together. But I mean, I guess if they're both young dudes who grew up in New York. I guess. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it, it seemed like both Chris and Keenan had the night off. They weren't here at yeah. all. And then 80 yeah. being gone that they're just kind of like a vacuum at the top of kind of their, their older or not older, but like they're, they're, they're people that have been on the show longer. Yeah. And so I, and so Pete, I think just filled that role, which was interesting. Yeah. yeah um, it was kind of weird for him. <laughs> yeah. Also noticed that he was wearing a Dune shirt. Oh, uh, who was? Uh, Timothy Chalamet. So he was wearing a blazer and then the t-shirt under the blazer was for the oh, Dune movie. Dune. Oh. Well, and then at the out. end of the, in the Good Nights, he's wearing a legendary picture shirt, which is the, the company that's producing Dune. So apparently oh, it was all okay. on brand uh, this week. That's smart. Smart. That's yeah. a good way to promote. <laughs> yeah, using his head. So, um, but yeah, really not much of anything in terms of a monologue it was blessedly short so then we get to the the first proper sketch of the night which is the the rona family christmas what do you think about this yeah. one i think this is the the best sketch of the night okay in my opinion yeah uh, i think it was stylized well the characters coming in and out the type of disease uh play on words that they're doing with the neighbors being the herpes uh and uh I think that it was it was a uh, well written. Yeah, a lot of puns. Uh, I liked the idea of being um, disappointed that your son hadn't infected more people that they sent um, him, to, him to New Zealand, and yeah, they're all fine. The thing that happened to me, and please tell me if this happened to you, is I was as I was taking my notes. Um, Andy Desmukes walks in with Lauren 
as like the the girl, the daughter coming back from college and her boyfriend. And I thought that was Timothy Chalamet until Timothy Chalamet entered the stage. Like they should <laughs> not have been in the same sketch together, especially with a costume that kind of like uh, obscured their likeness a little bit, having those coronavirus kind of helmets. Yeah. That I did not know that it was a different person until Timothy Chalamet entered like a minute or so later. <laughs> I, I that didn't happen to me, but that's funny because that, yeah, they they do look very similar. Like a lot alike, and especially if you yeah. take out the hair, yeah. uh, because you're wearing that thing. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I uh, I thought it was a good kind of way of doing a coronavirus sketch where they they're trying to spread. I liked um, Melissa Villasenor as uh, Grandma Spanish Flu. Give me a yeah. kiss, I'll kill you, which that was very cute. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked both Bowen and Chloe's performance as the herpes neighbors. I thought that was nice. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like when she said, please just call me Jen. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, there's some good uh, lines in there where one of the parents says that Trump is the only one looking out for us, uh, yeah. which I thought was funny. I've seen some you know takes online just kind of in general about uh, coronavirus and, and our country's response to it. It's like, if the president was working in favor of the coronavirus, would anybody know? Like, right. would, would the approach be any different if his goal was to get more people sick? Like, would, <laughs> yeah, based on what we're thing. currently doing? Yeah. Uh, I liked the the uh, tip, the flower or the feather in the cap of Andy Dismukes' character is that he infected Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. Wow. The most famous one, the Super Bowl virus. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had the radical Antibo, which was one of the puns that they were using, which is yeah, dancing with the SARS. There's a a few like little under the like under the radar puns that like I don't think were appreciated enough. Yeah, like I thought it was, you know, it was cute. It got to the point. It was uh I liked it. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, it was fine. And and then maybe that shows what you think about this episode being that I think that that's the best episode or the best sketch of the yeah. of the night is um, that one. Yeah, and at least the, one of the stronger ones was towards the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, my, I think my favorite thing that of the episode was the, the commercial, the fake commercial after that, the December, the December to Remember yeah. uh, Alexis thing. That one, you know, because... Uh, if they are the, the the sponsor this episode, yeah, cool because they are using not only the the vehicle and the logo, but they're also using their actual kind of campaign that they use every Christmas. Kind of the yeah, season <laughs> is the December to remember, and I really do like the idea of like skewering this idea that one member of a family, like one mer member of a married couple, unilaterally bought a luxury car, yeah, or the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and then like really having some questions about like you bought you bought this ridiculous car and then apparently he owes money to Mikey Day's character and then kind of the uh Heidi is just such a good kind of character performer just just being beside herself with her kind of screw up husband yeah. and Beck does like, such a good job of um being kind of a clueless uh kind of loser that doesn't have it together so I thought that one I really liked the the concept. It was something that a lot, you know, they've been doing that for years. So everybody would be familiar with that kind of con uh, conceit for the, for the sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot, I, I don't know why I forgot about this one, but this one uh, was very funny too, just how 
he got stupider as it went on. Like he thought that it was only $5,000 or $4,000 to buy the whole car. Yeah. He kept calling it, well, it's 0% APER, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it, it was very funny. And then the little uh, side kind of that, that gave the characters better relationship was that his wife was sleeping with everybody. Uh, yeah, wife Mike- is sleeping with everybody. And he was doing this to, in some way, impress his son's oh yeah which also like a weird like very i like that specificity yeah it's like an american beauties type yeah scenario that's going on i can't do that anymore yeah um but yeah i like that a lot uh i liked her you know her asking what the monthly payment is and him not understanding that uh yeah talking about how like this is a major purchase um (laughs) and then uh, also, the kind of sub tagline of uh, surprise, whomever, December to remember, and then uh, definitely talk it over first. Yeah. Which yeah. I liked. Yeah, that now was I, a cute sketch. Yeah. It, I, I, and I think it lived in performance, right? It was about those performers. And that's where I think, especially in, there's a couple of film things tonight. That's where I think Timothy Chalamet did the best because he could just be Timothy Chalamet, the kind of talented actor which yeah, dramatic yeah this one worked really well for that yeah so after that we have dion warwick uh which i guess is th- this is a sketch with ego hosting as dion warwick where it felt like they had to explain too many things at the beginning yeah yeah because i had no idea what what this was no like i know who dion warwick is like the yeah. the, the disco star but I guess you having to go like, Hey, okay, here's the premise. Every like Dion Warwick is now on Twitter. Here's some actual tweets. Yeah. And now let's have a sketch. It's like, you feel like that could have been uh, either trust the audience a little bit more or construct your sketch in a way where you don't have to explain why we're doing a Dion Warwick sketch. Yeah. You could also just jump right into it. I mean, there's so many, yeah, you didn't. I don't know if you had to explain it. I feel like they felt like they had to, but you could have just gone right into it, and we would have accepted that reality. Yeah, like most people know who Dion Warwick is, and even if you don't know, the couple of tweets at the top aren't going to solve that problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that didn't help. <laughs> this is Ego uh, Punky as the producer niece. I like Punky Johnson more and more each week. The more opportunity she gets, the more kind of. I'm seeing different sides of her and I liked her as the, the niece in this sketch that was also the producer. Yeah. 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 She was great in that. And she did, she has another great little cameo later on in the show as well. Yeah. And this one uh, was basically, they brought in a bunch of quick hit impressions. So I had Timothy Chalamet as uh, Harry Styles. Um, and I liked that deal. I liked that the premise was, instead of doing the bits you would see on a talk show, she's just finding opportunities to sing her songs. Right. And I also like that her interview questions weren't interview questions. They were just like legitimate questions. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it all had to do about her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, why is Wendy Williams being a bitch to me? Which I thought yeah, was cool. Dog <laughs> respond. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how do is this how this works? Why can I get Snoop Dogg to respond to me? Um, I think the the weakest of the impressions was uh, Melissa's Billie Eilish. Yeah, it's like I just don't think there's enough 
I don't think people know enough about Billie Eilish to do a really accurate impression because people just yeah. know her as the singer of this one song. So then just having her talk like she sings is also weird. Like Melissa, yeah. and you'll, we talk, we'll see this later, is obviously a very talented impressionist. This just didn't seem like formed enough. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, she did that one segment on Weekend Update and, uh, and it seems like when she tries to do a character that she can sing like, but she can't talk like, she tries to sing it in as the character. And it's like, yeah. well, this person wouldn't just break out into song in the middle of, the, of an interview. Like, that's cool that you can do that impression, but it doesn't fit. No. And like, and it's not like Billie Eilish sing, sounds like she does on Bad Guy either. Right. That is, yeah. That is a, a bunch of production techniques to make her sound like that. Yeah. So, uh, but I did, uh, but I did like the question, why does Kesha have a dollar sign? I thought that was nice. And uh, <laughs> you, you look spooky. Can you put a hex on Wendy Williams for me? So again, I like the idea of her kind of self-serving questions. Uh, yeah. And this, your prediction came true because we had uh, Chloe as doing a Timothy Chalamet impression. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was too short though. I it thought- was too short. I thought he would come on or something or, or something would happen. And she just laughed and then left. Yeah. Like, but, I think uh, she does a good Timothy Chalamet impression. I just don't think, I, I think it could have been uh, better deployed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. And it was still great. It was a really good impression in the little time that she had. <laughs> yeah. And then we get Pete as Machine Gun Kelly. That was a great, I, I like yeah. it when they give him characters that have tattoos yeah <laughs> so he can just like oh i'll just show my actual arms i'm just oh, the white dude with tattoos <laughs> yeah um and that i i really do like the, the the way they ended it where uh it was uh look under your seats there's nothing there because i don't owe you anything <laughs> the very good way of ending it yeah yeah it was good to see uh ego doing her doing a character this time you know we've been talking about how we've been a little bit disappointed that she's always played these straight characters and and to actually get to have fun. It looked like she was having fun. Yeah, I think that with better impressions, this is a better sketch, but she's certainly not the problem. She's got a good Dion Warwick impression. I like the way they wrote Dion Warwick. I like the structure of the sketch. I just think that like the 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 payoff of these actor, these cast members doing these celebrity impressions wasn't uh, as good as I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then we have uh, the tiny horse sketch, which, uh, the, which is ridiculous. What was this? I mean, I, I don't like know. I was, I was high, like watching this. <laughs> like, I really, I, I don't know. I, I liked it, I guess. But like, I can't describe it to anybody. <laughs> Yeah, it was so strange because it starts in this kind of sincere look like 17, 1800s kind of rural family. Uh, it's again, as the same family as, as as the Lexus commercial, it is Beck and Heidi and Timothy. Right. Um, and then we find out we're losing the farm, which means we're going to have to get rid of all the animals. And then you see young Timothy Chalamet open what looks like a cigar box. And there's this tiny uh claymation horse and then he just sings a song about it yeah uh, right. like, i mean it, it was a good song and it was very well made um 
I like the bit where he was yelling at him to get get out of there. And because the horse is so tiny, it's taking him a really long time to run away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I Oh, uh, yeah. So I like that. I liked the when he like imagined what the horse could do and um, having some very nice specific things where like uh, apparently he's going to be on Fallon. So they got Fallon to actually right do a couple of seconds um that he was going uh to marry uh aoc which was very cool uh and then when at the end where the tiny horse leaves by riding a full-size horse was kind of just bizarre and whatever but yeah i i i like when the setup is so different than what the sketch actually is. And yeah. this is again, where I think he shined because he was in a very specific character. He's playing, he got to act. He was being sincere. Um, and yeah, the song was funny. It was just, sur- it was like weird. And I don't, it, it was like whoever created it. And I don't, you know, my, my wife was like, do you, is there a way to figure out who writes what? I'm like, unfortunately, no. Uh, yeah. But this, I, I like the idea. It was like, there's no clear joke here. This is just weird. Yeah. And just like it's, letting it's this weird. weird thing go to its natural conclusion. I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, I, I don't even know. I, I just, it was very well done and they didn't try to make it something that it wasn't. It was this weird reality where this boy had a tiny horse and he had to let it go. Yeah, and did like the tropey stuff, like you said, of telling them to get on get, and then it's only like crossed like a couple of feet, which yeah. is really nice. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so I really, I, I, I liked it a lot. It maybe wasn't funny, or yeah. I didn't laugh very. It was funny. I didn't laugh very much in it, but I really liked the whole construction of it and the way that it was produced. And I like that it, it, it was sincere i think a lot of times saturday night live can be like look at this weird thing we're doing but yeah. this one really embraced the absurdity of what this thing was and just like did it yeah, yeah. oh i mentioned I, I meant to mention this in the dion warwick sketch apparently the actual dion warwick tweeted at ego and in congratulations for the sketch oh wow yeah so uh there's we'll, we'll talk about that uh again later on as we get through uh the episode oh yeah uh just log on to tell eggy boom and snl and the other young lady that they did a wonderful job i hope you had a great sunday i'll come back if i get bored love bye (laughs) so uh that so eggy boom is the handle for uh ego wotum but uh yeah so dion warwick tweeted editor and congratulations wow yeah that is bizarre yeah uh, and then uh, we get Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Uh, kind of, it seemed like a smaller version of the E Street Band. I imagine them having more horns. Mm-hmm. This seems yeah. to be like the 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 nucleus of uh, the the group. And they did a couple of songs. They did. Uh, they're both off of their new album. So I didn't get my um, uh, Christmas. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. They did a song called Ghosts, and they did a song called I'll See You in My Dreams both really good um and what i uh told as we were watching i was talking to my wife and it's like there's people that are going to watch this episode that are going to be confused as to why silvio from the sopranos is on stage with bruce springsteen (laughs) yeah (laughs) because there's like a whole bunch of people that only know him 
as an actor. Um, yeah. Certainly well, people like my age. I, I didn't realize that for the longest time when I was watching The Sopranos that that was a guy from... Guy uh, from the, yeah, it was a guy from the East Street Band. Well, yeah. and, and uh, Max Weinberg was uh, the band leader on Conan for almost oh. the entire run. So um, it was Max Weinberg and the in the late night in the late show band. So he like I know him most from being like the band leader sidekick on Conan for years until he left right before I think he left right before they um, went to the Tonight Show. Hmm. So he was there for like the Conan late show. And then I think when they were transitioning to the Tonight Show, I think that's when he left to kind of go back on tour with the band. But he was band leader on Conan for almost the entire run for, yeah so but yeah so like bruce springsteen is bruce springsteen and good yeah yeah it wasn't uh anything i wasn't expecting but it... no uh but still still great still doing their so thing yeah. um so uh then we get to uh update uh or colin's doing a really good job of starting update with good strong uh, opening lines and they were talking about uh, the the many failed lawsuits that seem to happen every week from the Trump campaign. And then he had a line where I'm beginning to think that Donald Trump didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great opening line. Yeah. I'm starting to think he didn't win. Yeah. He's getting good too at the at the deadpan too. Yeah, yeah. They're just, consi- we're, we're basically, uh, they're getting into a pattern, which I like, where like we've talked about, where they just kind of do all their political stuff before their first correspondent sketch. And then they kind of loosen up and do some of the weirdo things. I liked um, Che's line. Moderna Maxine is my favorite Tyler Perry character. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I also really like the observation that nothing that, about Trump, that nothing is over as long as he can make money on it, mm-hmm. which uh, I, I am not a conspiracy theorist, but, but, uh, I do not believe that Donald Trump is a billionaire. Like, I do not believe that to be true. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's true either. Like, I, no billionaire makes it that hard to look at their their financials. And with how much time he stiffs people, and then is like trying to fundraise all this money. Yeah. For these lawsuits, I think I, I saw some statistic where it's like the cost of the lawsuits was less than ten million dollars. He's raised over two hundred million dollars for his legal defense fund. Wow! So, like, do you need if it's only 10, 10 million and you're yeah. a billionaire? Yeah, you have that, unless yeah. you're not actually a billionaire, which I don't think he is. Yeah, it's not a conspiracy theory if it's true. I, also, I mean, I just don't have the evidence. I just don't. He does not act in a way that I would expect of a billionaire. Yeah, well, anyone who's a billionaire, I don't think has to keep proving that they're a billionaire. <laughs> Especially when he does not do the thing that would make it very easy, which is to show us his financial stuff. But it doesn't matter. He's not going to be the president in like less than 40 days. Yeah. Um, I liked the the uh, Bill Barr grown up Eric Cartman. Yeah, that, that, that got was really the good. Biggest laugh, I think. Yeah, well, and I just saw um, uh, Meredith Salinger, who is Patton Oswalt's wife, who was tweeting at SNL to have Patton Oswalt play Bill Barr. Oh, really? Be like perfect. Yeah, that is the perfect person. <laughs> so um, we then we get to our first uh, correspondent sketch, or and it was Wayne. We notice. 
Yes. Which I was so happy about. This is one of my favorite new characters for this season. And yeah. it was it was interesting. It became basically like more of a Kate character in this yeah. iteration. Yeah, she was very giggly. She was uh, making herself and Colin laugh more than normal. <laughs> yeah, and she's such a physical performer. So I think last yeah. time she was doing some interesting kind of character things because they were kind of the joke of last time was kind of figuring out what the hell that she was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And this time she kind of, uh, when he was talking about the vaccine, she was doing the like, Oh, we love this. Oh, we're horny for this. And kind of like dancing in her chair and stuff. And that yeah. is what I, I see from those kinds of stranger characters that she does. Like, all right, this is going to be, uh, I'm glad it came back. Yeah. Cause way me notice is, is, is welcome to come back, whatever. Um, and I liked, uh, her kind of de- even more developing the character and being so physical and like dancing in her chair and like sitting back and putting her feet on the the desk, all that. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was great. And then they, they kind of had the same ending for it that they did the first time as well, where she's going a little bit too over the top and Colin kind of brings her down and is like, what's really going on, Kate? Yeah. And she <laughs> and reveals it, that she stops going to therapy. Yeah, yeah. And uh and then again just a nice warming moment. I'm sure you loved when Colin said the uh said by the great Florence and the machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's such a dumb way of saying that. It's always darkest before the dawn. Yeah. Uh, like crediting that to Florence the machine. I thought it was a very good specific joke. Um I uh I liked the 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 water sprays with the vaccine. Uh Yeah. It screwed up his mic. Yes. You know, like kind of muffled his mic. So I don't know what they did between when they went back to Che uh, and then returned to Colin, but that it had been resolved. But I was just like, oh, the poor audio guy that's got to deal with that. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, God damn it. I told you, Kate, to not hit his mic. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure he's talking about during rehearsal. Like if you spray water, we're going to have a problem. The other funny thing too about... uh, her spraying the water it was, I don't know if you were watching how she was spraying it, but it was coming out the backside. So it was getting all over her and it wasn't like, cause two of them, like nothing came out. Yeah. And it's cause it was coming out and just hitting her, which I was cracking up at. Yeah. It was like the first one was successful. The second one, she kind of like pumped it. And the third one, which was supposed to be like the big, huge one, like only kind of worked. Yeah. 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 I, I like, I, I love her. I think it's a great, character and i i'm sure it'll be back before uh the end of the season um i liked uh so a couple of uh <laughs> i liked some of chase lines where um he talked about the, the we found out that galaxy is not as black as we thought it was because it was it dated a white woman <laughs> yeah that, that was, that was a nice a touch line. uh and then uh, the lions that got uh, COVID got it from a Hasidic wedding. That was a, yeah. a, a nice line. <laughs> uh, and uh, also liked Che's observation of uh, Beyonce's married to a 50-year-old weed guy. Yeah, that she, the she's a, married to a child. <laughs> yeah. 50-year-old child. Uh, yeah. So then we get uh, Melissa again having an imp- uh, opportunity to do impression. She is dressed is Dolly Parton. They got to do a little bit of meta comedy where um, 
they're talking about how she's been unable to get her Dolly Parton impression uh, on the show. So she kind of insists that she's not uh, going to do Dolly Parton. And then she sings a couple of Christmas songs as Dolly Parton, which is a very, very good vocal impression. It is. It, it is astonishing how good that is. I mean, that how, how have they not put that on the show? Yeah, like you can't find like a reason to do like a Dolly Kenny Rogers sketch or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but it it, it was very well done, and uh, that's the type of thing that Melissa should be doing. Yeah, you know, like set it up as you're gonna sing as this character, not I'm gonna try to sing in this interview. <laughs> right, exactly. Like yeah. give her a a a sketch that revolves around her singing yeah and let her do some vocal impressions because this one's really good uh, i liked the uh in her denial of whether or not she was dressed up as dolly that she was like this is my normal outfit and these are my normal big old things yeah uh, referring to her her uh breasts and then uh, i liked the escalation where it was um she sang uh a actual christmas song just in a dolly voice and then she's uh, saying jingle bells to the tune of jolene yeah and then it ended with her singing nine to five, which again was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very well done. I also like the, the pun that she said of I'm being very upfront right now. Yeah. <laughs> she said that at, at one point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I liked, I liked, I liked Melissa in this one a lot. Yeah. It, it seemed like the, the right venue for her. She, her problem is Melissa via senor as a personality isn't very interesting at least not in the what she's shown to us either uh when she's playing herself on the show or even her episode of comedians and cars getting coffee is pretty stayed like jerry's kind of driving that whole episode in a way that he normally doesn't have to so i think like Stop trying to make like Melissa be somebody that we care about as a person and just yeah. deploy her better in sketches because she is good. One thing that I'm thinking of too is we've been having this problem with having impression uh, cast members before with Jay and now her. Um, I'm, I'm thinking back to like Bill Hader was like such a good impressionist, but he didn't like try to be one like when he auditioned and he talks about this like he never thought he could do impressions until he started working at snl and now you've got these people like jay and like her who came to snl because they could do impressions and like they don't it's not like mixing very well no it it, you need to be i think a performer and a writer first and then let the impressions happen because like hater you know, they would do those um, uh, audition kind of film sketches where like they did with um, like they did with Back to the Future and Star Wars and Jurassic Park where they would just, yeah. you know, and ba- uh, Hater would do Alan Alda or other characters. So it's like, oh, this kind of makes it. So that's like a kind of parade of impressions style sketch. But then he would also do things like the Vincent Price specials where he's playing Vincent Price just, yeah. but it's in service of this kind of scene. And I think that what they haven't found is what is a natural way to have 
Melissa or Chloe do a do celebrity impressions or just I think what they're they're caught in is doing multiple impressions. Mm -hmm. Just like build one around a good impression that you do that you think works. Yeah. 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 That should be it. Yeah, they're focusing too much on, whoa, they can switch back and forth. Yeah, like show off how good she is. It's like, I think if you just had um, a sketch where Dolly Parton just happens to be there. Yeah. Or Dolly Parton's Christmas special or whatever you want to do. And then it doesn't feel as kind of artificial and it would make sense and and it would work. Because then it would give her the opportunity to really carry a sketch and not have to be like, oh, here's my little impression corner. Uh, but Dolly Parton uh, tweeted and said, I was flattered and I never looked and sounded so good. Aww. In response to uh, SNL uh, tweeting the Dolly Parton sketch. Wow, that's pretty yeah. sweet. So uh, Dion Warwick and Dolly Parton, both active on Twitter and congratulating uh, the cast members, which is very nice. Great. So then we, uh, after update we got the the bake-off sketch we've seen this previously i think when uh eddie murphy was hosting yeah basically there's a panel of judges so the um judges are uh cecily ego and beck it's hosted by alex moffett uh and then there's four kids that are doing kind of treats for the holidays played by lauren timothy heidi and kyle um and then the kind of joke is they have this great idea and then in 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 execution it's awful yeah and this really felt like a sketch built around a butthole cake prop yeah yeah it it, it, the whole sketch like didn't build right i didn't feel like you had like uh what was the first one the baby yeah it was like it was supposed to be like this elf or something and it was basically this horrible looking face with two plastic doll legs attached yeah. to it. Yeah, and it didn't really pay off and then the next one you get this uh this butthole looking cake. Yeah. But I I I don't I don't know, it didn't it didn't really make me laugh too hard that one. No, and I think yeah, it's I don't know. And then they had what uh Heidi, Heidi. actually did it right. And then I uh, like that reaction because yeah. she did it right. And they were just like, okay, so next. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That that was probably the biggest laugh I had of this sketch was her, a, a nice kind of setup uh, payoff kind of thing where it's like, she did it right. But oh, she was basically copying what, um, what Timothy's character was doing, except Timothy's character, despite what he wanted it to be was a butthole that yeah. then started leaking chocolate. Who, who was the first arm. kid? Who was the, it was uh, Lauren. Lauren. I think you could have done this sketch where you start with Timothy Chalamet, you go to Kyle Mooney, and then you end with Heidi. And then that's the end. I, I think that would build better because I think Kyle's was funny too. He just goes, it's a penis and balls, of course. And then they move on from him. Yeah. You know, like it should have just been quick. It could have been a lot quicker. And But to build it with starting with Lauren and then, you have these other ones. I don't know. It felt, it felt like it was built. The buildup was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause it's something that is kind of bad. Something that is very, very bad. Yeah. Something that is good, but they're dismissive of it, which is funny. So subverting the expectations. And then um, it's the Kyle thing works in a couple of ways, right? Because it's a Turkey that, 
is shaped like a dick and balls. And then you expect him to say that it's a turkey, but he just acknowledges what it is. So I thought yeah. that was some really good writing. But yeah, yeah, I think that Lauren setting it up where like it was not what I planned. They just spent too much time on that. Yeah. Yeah. And you could have gone into that with Timothy's. Yeah. And then Ego is not a dialect person and her British dialect was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was very bad. And like unnecessary, right? Because it didn't say like this is the British bake-off or whatever and i don't yeah. know those shows enough to know if there's an actual british lady but like i don't care yeah like it's we're clearly not doing nailed it or whatever kind of child baking show we're supposed to be doing so like yeah. don't burden yourself with having her do something she's not good at yeah you just did a pretty good uh impression earlier in the night and now you're going too far right uh next sketch is i think one of the stronger ones of the night where is a wrap round table so yeah uh, ego is hosting again um and i forgot what her name was but it was funny and then they have uh punky oh menu business menu business thank you yeah so they had punky as queen latifah good queen latifah impression yeah and then actual quest love yeah so from elsewhere in the building uh and then pete and timothy as these like terrible white guy rappers and i think this is one of um timothy's strongest sketches because he just got to be a weirdo character and i think that was that served him well yeah yeah and they they did it the whole sketch was very well done uh especially there's all these they're caught like the soundcloud rappers that are just these terrible people and then they get all these views and all this money and they're just the worst. And to have them pitted up against these hip hop legends, it was a very well uh, done sketch kind of commenting on that, but then also letting those guys have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is another sketch where Pete gets to play somebody with tattoos. So he was basically just like him with a wig on. Yeah. Uh, and then Timothy, they, they did up really well. And I, uh, yeah, that basically there are people that think that this kind of, uninspired kind of almost clickbaity style rap where you're just kind of like hollering things is good and then especially contrasting it with like queen latifah who's outrageously talented and then having actual quest love yeah who was from one of the most influential kind of hip-hop things of the last 20 years of the the roots crew in the last 25 years uh that is a very nice touch yeah, and then he got to slap both of them across with the his face. with his hair pick. Yeah, <laughs> it was very cool. And like, I I like uh, the I like the roots a lot. I like um, Questlove, and he's done television here and there. Uh, he was uh, in the final season of Parks and Rec as one of the characters, like extended right, family yeah. members. So. Um, I, I I like that he's kind of game for whatever, and you can see that on on. Um, the Tonight Show as well, but I thought that he was a good person to have there, and uh, I like that um, Pete kind of acknowledges how how important Questlove is because he was on an episode of Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, <laughs> and that's all he knows him from. Yeah, yeah, and the in that he also they were in the, the, they, we realized that their inspiration are the Kia hamsters. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I, I, it was really nicely escalated and just, you know, especially the, the, the two, like the host and the two panelists kind of trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. And there's this failing as the sketch went on to the point where he's slapping him around. And then Timothy's uh, Chalamet's character calling his dad because they're mean. Yeah. That was also very nice. <laughs> and the acknowledgement they've only had one song, like you need another oh, yeah. song. Yeah, they got three billion. Yeah, and I also I wrote uh, Pete is going for it. Like he was really getting into the the skirt skirt kind of stuff. Yeah. So like they clearly were having a good time, which is what I I, I like most about that sketch. Yeah, you like to see that, and now having them teamed up again for like the <laughs> the second sketch. Yeah. So we had a like a proper live last sketch of the night um with sports max and it was like this is we talked about this i think last week talking about the idea of having like a parallel sketch right mm -hmm. so yeah, mirror sketch yeah mirror sketch thank you so we're um so it's if we talked about sports the way newsmax talks about news you get this which is the owen 12 jets being the best team in the nfl and having won multiple championships very well written sketch again a very well written sketch uh just showing how ridiculous uh our society is right now yeah yeah and i liked because i've heard people saying you know um trump saying that we were ahead and then we weren't and so it must be rigged is like saying you know, you were ahead at the end of the third quarter. And then they actually show like a football box score kind of illustrating yeah. that, right? Like at the end of the first half, yeah. we were up th six to three. And then like, what's all these other points? Yeah, where did all these come from? <laughs> and then being like, uh, there's 8 million Jets fans who say that they're the best team in the world. Are you going to tell me that 8 million Jets fans are wrong? Yeah, I really like the way that they just used their their own logic. Um, so we had Alex Moffat was a host. Uh, Beck was this like correspondent, but like basically the my pillow guy. Yeah. Uh, and then we had uh, Timothy and Pete as a couple of Jets fans eating cheese fries um, yeah. and talking about how they're great. And one of them was wearing like a, a T-shirt that had like multiple Super Bowl win yeah. years on it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, I liked the the detail about like you know, we were ahead and then we end up losing and like where all these points come from. It's like, well, that that's how the game, that's works. how the game works. It's like, well, who did the scoring and the NFL, the NFL. Then, you know, like the NFL, like, oh, well, you can't believe the NFL. Like, what are they now? Yeah. <laughs> it was a very uh, nice uh, touch. And then uh, I liked that they brought in Andy and Punky as Knicks fans, basically doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Kyle for weather max saying that it was like a really nice day and it was uh snowing outside yeah i thought like i i, I think it, it was very well written i think it's it's you know examining this kind of bizarre logic that a a frightening amount of our fellow americans have adopted yeah and and maybe that's the perfect way to show them that you know a lot of times humor uh can teach you more than trying to tell people facts. <laughs> yeah. And they also have the detail of the, the sworn affidavits from Jets fan that they all saw. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, I think what you said uh, when you're talking about the, the, they're talking about the 8 million yeah. fans, like they, you know, 
like why what reason would they have to be dishonest or cheat it's like all of the reasons (laughs) they have all the reasons which i I thought was a nice way of framing it it was i thought was really really clever um and and also kind of long enough right like they brought in a bunch of people that got to do some funny things with weird you know they brought in uh pete and timothy with their like mustaches yeah which are almost falling off too definitely timothy's was almost falling off um but yeah it was one of my that was one of my favorite sketches where it was um really examining something that is serious but in a kind of fun accessible way yeah yeah so uh (sighs) timothy is not an improviser and when we got to the good nights and he had 30 seconds to fill yeah and he couldn't say anything (laughs) It was a little rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wonder how many times that's happened. Right. Has that happened a lot? Well, here's what I think it might have been, where they might have been 30, section, 30 seconds short on show. So they go, hey, go out and say something. Yeah. Or he asked to say something, but clearly it was not written anywhere. Yeah. He is not an improviser. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wouldn't you rather have been like, uh, I've been given 30 seconds to talk. Here's Bruce Springsteen. And like, let him be like, America! And then like, you know, like, I was, it was, it was like the longest 30 seconds of my life. Yeah. Yeah, that that was the worst sketch of the night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Him trying to improvise for a few seconds. And you, like, know, not, they, you just like couldn't they, i don't know he just i the last thing he said was treat others with kindness and that is good but yeah. him like trying to fill time by acknowledging that like uh harry styles had said something similar and oh yeah i was in harry's i was i was dressed up as harry styles like it was rough let's hope he never wins an oscar so he doesn't have to give a speech I think if he's winning an Oscar, hopefully he's prepared. He's something. got one prepared. I wonder if like someone told him like nobody watches the good nights. So say whatever. Yeah. <laughs> then he was like, okay. So that's the episode. Uh, what is your uh, favorite sketch of the night? I think my favorite, uh, it's tough. Uh, my favorite one, there's, it's a close tie between the, the Jets one and then the coronavirus one. Uh, the Jets one is more, it makes a better point across, Yeah. but I think I like the coronavirus one just because of the puns. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it was a very well-written sketch. Yeah. I think that it, um, I think the coronavirus, the, the, what they call it, the, the Rona family Christmas. I thought that one was clearly the writers having fun and, you know, let's, let's examine this pandemic from the perspective of the virus. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was cool. Um, and I think that was one of the stronger ones. I think, uh, my favorite is the sports max sketch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is just, I'm just getting way too into news and stuff and like listening to, especially this, this weekend where they had, yet another let's all go to dc and complain about the us losing the election yeah thing and just hearing that this strangely 
twisted logic that they're operating under. So I thought that that was a nice way of responding to that, where it's like, yeah. this is, um, and especially like picking the Jets is such a good choice because they are such a maligned New York sports team. Mm -hmm. Like my, my brother's wife, uh, is a, is from New York and she's, she is a Jets fan and it just seems like a terrible thing to be. Yeah. And it seems like, it's, and, and the yeah. Knicks too, just like decades of failure. Yeah. Yeah. Despite being part of one of the largest media markets, the fact that like you have that much potential earnings from being in this huge market and you can't get the right people on your team. Yeah. Makes no sense to me. Yeah. Hey. Uh, and I'm, you know, from Massachusetts. So yeah. Um, take that New York sports. Um, and then uh, who's your favorite, not ready for primetime player this week? This one was kind of tough because we, we, we got a lot and we didn't get a lot at the same time. Yeah. Um, but I think mine is Beck. Bennett. Yeah. That's a really good choice. He was in a ton. He was in a ton. Wolf Blitzer. He, the dad thing was hilarious. He's in the sports max doing uh, good stuff in that. And he's in tiny horse. He plays a very good father. <laughs> yeah. He's down on his luck. And yeah, he might've been in every sketch actually. He was in a lot. He wasn't in the, the rap round table, but he was in both of the film sketches. He was in the first oh, two sketches right. of the night. He was in, uh, he was in the cold open. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I what about don't, you? you know, it's funny. Like I, think Beck is such a good utility player that I think I, I take him for granted a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think some of his earlier stuff, uh, like that sketch where he is like the, the boss that is also a baby, mm -hmm. uh, I was less into, but I think that when he's doing his good neighbor, Kyle Mooney stuff, and then, uh, because there was no Keenan this week, there, there's a couple of roles where you think, oh, that maybe would have been Keenan. I, I could totally see him in the dad in the Rona family Christmas. Yeah. That I, uh, I think he had m more of a role and he's such a good kind of central person. I think he's uh, the right choice, but I n would not have thought of him until you said it. I yeah. would have said Kate because I oh, love yeah. Dr. We know this, we know this, and I thought her Fauci was good. But I think, yeah, Beck is the right answer. That was, He was very good this week. <laughs> um, so are you, uh, your, for our stock up, stock down, are you buying tickets? Are you more into Timothy Chalamet than you were before? I am, uh, only because I didn't realize his history with the show and it seemed like he was having fun. I normally only see him in dramatic roles. So to see him out there having fun, it's good to see. Uh, and I'm a big fan of his, so. Yeah, I think I just, uh, it, it's going to prompt me to see, you know, because he's in three or four movies that I know to be very good and I just haven't seen. So like, I just need to take the time and kind of go through his his catalog because uh, yeah. like, I think we were talking off air about um, Call Me By Your Name and I'm certainly interested in... Um, Ladybird, everything I've seen with Saoirse Ronan, I really like. Um, yeah. And then certainly uh, this time next year, I'll watch Dune from the safety of my own home. So uh, I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. and then uh, what about what about the boss in the East Street Band? I mean, anytime you have an opportunity to go see uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, you got to take it. So I would definitely buy tickets to go see him. Yeah. Uh, but... 
I don't know if, if I hadn't, I don't know how this person would exist, <laughs> but if you hadn't have known who he was and then watched this, maybe you wouldn't have been too much because he didn't really do a lot, right? No, he's just doing his Bruce thing yeah. with his band. And I thought like they're good songs. Uh, apparently yeah. this album, this new album is getting a lot of positive reviews, but yeah, I agree. I, I think if you didn't appreciate Bruce Springsteen for what he was and you, for whatever reason, weren't taken by these specific songs, like maybe this isn't the thing that convinces you. Um, but he's one of those people that's been around forever, but I probably could only tell you the name of five or six of his songs. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like he's got decades of a recording career, but I know like born to run and born yep. in the USA <laughs> and um, dancing in the dark. Like I know the hits. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that would be somebody that's like worth diving into their um, back catalog. Yeah, for sure. And, and this new album, that seems pretty good. So um, that is it for this episode. Next week, we have uh, returning cast member Kristen Wiig. And we have for our musical guest, it is Dua Lipa. Ooh. So I, she did a, a, a NPR. Have you ever watched their tiny desk concerts? Oh yeah. Yeah. I love those. So over the last six months or so, they've been doing tiny desk at home concerts and wow. really kind of stretching the format. So her um, tiny desk concert is just like this really well lit kind of minimalistic studio with her full band uh, doing a couple of her songs. And what I did not realize is that, Oh, she, because I did not, I did not know about her before I went on um, and I saw that she had done this tiny desk at home concert. It's like, oh, she's the one from all the TikTok videos. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, her. she's the, I, I did a 180 person that, yeah. oh, that's where she is. <laughs> so, but yeah, she, I think she's going to be great. I think she's a great uh, fit for the, for the format. I think she's going to be, she's going to bring the house down. She's going to be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, Kristen will be good. We might get a Wonder Woman sketch. That's my prediction. Ooh, that is a good, that is a good idea. And, and it's going to be like, what? Like a week before it, before it, it premieres on HBO Max and in select theater. So I think that's a good idea. Oh, if we could get a drop-in Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be, everyone loves that. Well, and I feel like, Christmas, this, it, it, you know, and we talked about this in the beginning of the month that there's been like elements of Christmas the last mm -hmm. couple episodes. This one, they actually decorated the the stage with like yeah. poinsettias. So I think next week is they're going to be doing more Christmas sketches. And that is also an opportunity for people to return and mm -hmm. for celebrity cameo. So I could totally see Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot uh, showing up. I could definitely see my Rudolph coming back is Kamala because at this point, the you know, we're recording this uh, on the 14th. So today is when the Electoral College voted. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, it could be something with um, Jim Carrey and my Rudolph as Biden and Harris now that they are. I mean, they've been president and vice president elect for a month now, but now they like really, really are. Yeah. So it could be something uh, with with that. But I could I suspect that we'll have with having a returning cast member on the show. I think that's an even greater opportunity to have some drop ins by former cast members. Yeah, I think those are two solid predictions. Yeah, I want to see. Uh, I'm very interested in this um, 
the the new Wonder Woman movie and definitely want to see what they talk about. Yeah, I I've seen reviews of uh of the movie so far, like like that people have already seen it. Oh, interesting. And they're saying that Kristen Wiig and uh, Pedro Pascal are both amazing in it. So uh, I love Pedro I can't Pascal. Wait. Yeah. He, he needs, needs to host. host. He's so yeah. good. We get some Mando in there. So that is our episode. Please uh, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Whatever platform you're doing, the more you uh, rate and review us, the easier it is to have other people listen. So we're having a good time talking to each other, even though we couldn't see each other in person this week. Hopefully we can get back uh, in the same place next week. Yeah, uh, We are having a good time. So check us out uh, at... Saturday Night Rewind on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. You can check us out on Twitter at SNRewindPod. Nope, that's the email. You can find us on Twitter at SNRewind. You can email us at SNRewindPod at gmail.com. And then you can follow Randall and I on our social platforms. He is at Fresh Cut Randall and I am at Mr. B Paradise. Also, make sure you're checking out Randall on TikTok. He is very funny. And perhaps on a commercial near you. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? So, uh, Randall, thank you so much for for potting with me today and have a good week. Yeah, you too, Brian.